Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, Gina. Hi Ioni, hi everyone, I'm Gina, the Senior Editor of Polyester. And I'm Ioni, the Founding Editor-in-Chief of Polyester, and this is the Polyester Podcast, a feminist pop culture podcast dissecting the discourse on a weekly basis. Also, hi everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Before we start, if you're a fan of this podcast, please make sure to like, rate and subscribe. And if you really love us, you can sign up for a podcast membership, where you can join our Discord and get our Instagram close friends for only three quid a month. Do we have any reviews, Ioni? Yes. Oh. We do. Oh, they're nice. Love, five stars, perfect mix of balanced and researched takes and lighthearted fun. Love it. So giggly and listenable. That is by hannah.jpg. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very I lovely. Love it. Yeah, it's really sweet. Thank you. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Okay, today's kind of like a follow-on from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of talking about like why women would be attracted to go in into the alt-right or, as we briefly touched on, becoming what's called red-pilled. Yeah, why do women love being red-pilled? Yeah, what, what do they actually get out of it? I'm also kind of going to look at the difference between like alt-right and red-pilling in relation to whatever the fuck the dirtbag left is. yeah. This really incensed you, Gina, when you first read the research. Yeah, it incensed you as well. I think we were both like <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning well, I think, things. I think you, yeah, this is the year of learning stuff. Um, <laughs> no, it's not actually. It's just the year of hell. But anyway, no, I think I, I knew like a bit more than you did, probably just from doing this podcast for a bit longer and like being around a few more people that like, maybe listen to some of these things we're going to talk about I don't know why I'm skirting around it I think yeah I think I've always been of the notion of I'm not going to look into stuff I don't like Um, so this podcast has turned out to be a big learning curve for me because I'm being like pushed in into learning and like having not educated opinions on things rather than just being like sounds shite Mate, I'm not doing that. You're saying you're not having educated opinions, or you are? I'm saying I probably really didn't before. <laughs> I just couldn't be asked looking into it. But to be honest, I was intuitively correct because I never could be asked. Now I've learned about it. I'm like, no, I was right to not be asked because it's a load of shit. Mm-hmm. So 
we last week we covered kind of like red pilling and what that is and like also the alt-right in relation to doja cat but there is kind of like a subsection or like a breakaway faction of politics that i feel is actually really americanized so i think like a lot of people in the uk especially i know we have like loads of us listeners any as well but in the uk i do feel like it's more rare for people to like know what the dirt bag left is or know what red scare is or know what um what's the fucking other podcast called come town yeah and chapo yeah uh didn't rachel senate go out of one of the come town boys um or one of the chapel ones one of them um all foul anyway <laughs> <laughs> they look like i've googled men with a annoying podcast <laughs> AI generated it. It is literally like I feel like this is like AI generated controversy. Like these people are AI AI generated people that do AI generated controversies. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's just like the ultimate. Like I'm bored. Like let me piss some people off. Yeah, like literally, just like a troll grew up. You know, like probably people who would like left nasty (laughs) anonymous messages on Tumblr and now have a podcast. (laughs) Did you never do that? No, I'm kind. Yeah, I don't believe you at all. I was really scared of IP tracking. Yeah, um, you know, I like how I never watched a video. Like I was really, like I was really no, scared. Please to tell everyone why you never watched a video. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I never watched a video online for like honestly, like six or seven years, maybe more, because of that jump scare one with the car. I and don't know I what that like, is. I've never seen. It's like a car, and it's like going up. It's like you. The the game is that you put on this YouTube video and it's like just a car going up a country road and they're like, oh my god, wait till you see like the end, like something mad happens and you're like, right, okay, but you have to watch really intently. So they so you they sit you you get sat down in front of it and like you're watching really intently and obviously it was probably one of my brothers who showed me it. So you're watching this car doing like its little journey up a mountain or a hill or whatever it is. And then halfway through, like a big like jump scare happens with like a really scary face in like black and white, and it scared the shit out of me. I've never been more scared in my life. I still hate jump scares to this day. I won't watch Barbarian. I am got the energy. Um, and, I don't think Barbarians yeah. is quite. It's not jump scary. It's just like twisty and turny. No, when I googled it, it said there's like at least five, and I was like, that's too many. I can handle two, maybe max. Okay, fine. And even then, I want to be on my phone for them. But yeah, I just after that was like, fuck videos online. They're all <laughs> going to have that in them. <laughs> and just fucked it off. And people were like, have you seen this fine? And I'd go, yeah. And I hadn't. I do. And at all. <laughs> I do actually think this is a really good analogy for what we're talking about today. Like, I feel like some of these things feel like they're kind of ubiquitous in the culture. Like, everyone knows what, like, red scare is but no one really knows like everyone's too scared to find out well this is what i was just saying to charlotte before we come into video yeah to video to record <laughs> right. a video on the brain because um she was like oh you don't need to explain what red pulling is and i was like no i think we do like not everyone really know i didn't really care about what it fucking meant meant before yeah i agree i had to talk about it and she was like, you don't need to put the Matrix thing in it. Like, it's so obvious. And then I was laughing about you and the Barbie. <laughs> i a recap of last week. Anyway. <laughs> well, they're, li- they're linked. It's like a t- two little friendly episodes. They're besties. Yeah, it's true. But you don't need to remind everyone of what I said last time is what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry. So well, I've just humiliated myself. You can as well. Oh, I did last week. We don't need to do it again. Yeah, we're even now. Okay, fine. Well, 
so to begin, the, <laughs> the dirtbag left is a style of left-wing politics that, how do you say this word, eschews? Eschews. Eschews civility to convey a left-wing populist and anti-capitalist message using vulgarity. It is most closely associated with American left-wing media that emerged in the mid-2010s, such as the podcast Chapo Trap House. Rhetorically, the dirtbag left is noted as a vulgar, bawdy, offensive balance to cause cautious mainstream liberal politics to cautious mainstream liberal politics with a dismissive attitude towards the niceties of political correctness. So like they're the kind of people that will just say slurs and be like, we hate them, but we're saying them to like what we talked about with Doja last week, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like this nihilism towards wokeness is like not getting us anywhere. Exactly. And I think it's really interesting because this said that it was like emergent in the mid 2010s, but I feel like it's definitely become a lot more prominent since lockdown and COVID and like the end of girl bossing, the end of like super earnest feminism, which I know that me and Eden probably discussed on the podcast quite a lot previously as well, but it feels like this in particular is definitely a, the rise of it is a symptom of that, I would say. Yeah. And just because people actually started listening to podcasts properly. What? People just sat in our, people were just sat in their house. I know, like I feel yeah, okay, anyway. So <laughs> um some of these articles are quite like they're not super recent, but I feel like why we're interested in talking about them is like obviously the hook of Doja Cat, but then also I feel like the aesthetic prevalence of like the Red Scare aesthetic. So Red Scare for anyone that doesn't know is like a podcast run by two girlies called Anna and Dasha and it's meant to be yeah this like extremely left-wing um podcast but even people in the alt-right have kind of been like they are actually not that so there was an article called these dirtbag left stars are flirting with the far right by Alexander Reed Ross for the Daily Beast and also we're going to focus mostly on the girls because like I while it's important to interrogate like maleness and the alt-right we've already done that and also I think women is a very underutilized aspect of that what do you think Gina? No yeah I agree and I think like sometimes well no I think all the time women in these movements get kind of like brushed aside and not really like delved into as much especially in particular like those who are towing the line of irony even like victimized through the canon of history like I can't remember um I can't remember the woman's name but I'm pretty sure Kate Blanchett played her in that tv show that had that was about like Gloria Steinem and stuff but I feel like a lot of we view history through a sympathetic lens for like women that display fascist tendencies which is bad <laughs> like women aren't always victims especially when they're like peddling hurtful commentary yeah and having other people that are marginalized and like more marginalized than them yeah and it kind of reduces like woman as person because you're saying like oh they're being controlled by the men around them to believe those things when you can't you kind of just have to like at some point be like oh no these women genuinely are evil and believe those things yeah, so Red Scare, they've said kind of things like Anna from Red Scare said that Me Too is the result of female moral panic over male sexuality masquerading as social justice, female irrationality gone awry. We're being encroached upon by these extremely fertile immigrants from the world over is another thing they said playing into white nationalist tropes about immigrants replacing white people. They've also had like Trump sympathizers on like another alt-right figure called at Campbell who said, he supports Trump as a meme for history working itself out. It's just, 
basically anything that you think is bad that they would say they do. Like there's a lot of like talking about skinniness and um glamorizing skinniness, but that's like kind of the what's it called? Like the tipping point of yeah, the, the nastiness. Like, top, tip of the mountain, like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in like one of these alt right podcasts, this guy called Jack Mason was discussing Campbot. No, was discussing with Campbot Red Scare. And he said, dig into the podcast, you'll find a lot of shockingly reactionary content delivered sincerely and without irony. He claimed that the Red Scare hosts have always flirted with the alt-right and that they mock climate science and body positivity. They troll about being anorexic. They are both very thin, constantly talking about their frail arms and that they are actually extremely red-pilled about the woman question. I don't know. Woman question, I assume that's trans, like, rights. Anyway. They also have an obsession with Steve Bannon. They love him. They love Roger Stone. They love Trump. They love Kellyanne Conway. So it's highly unusual for an ostensibly leftist podcast. To that I say, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It just gets to the point where you're like, well, how far can you push things and still claim that title? And I don't even know if they'd really claim it for themselves anymore. I think it's interesting in like the first article you were reading, like they called it like vulgarity. Mm -hmm. That was the Wikipedia I think that's such like an interesting word to use this because it's like what counts as vulgar and what counts as like problematic because I think we're quite vulgar but we're not like openly saying really horrible dangerous things. Well I do I do agree with you Gina. (laughs) 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 I I said it like that. Thank you. No I agree that it's very interesting especially because like what like the founding principles of polyester or whatever, which is that John Waters quote, which is have faith in your own bad taste, get on the nerves of your peers, not your parents, which is obviously what these people are kind of trying to do. But then looking at someone who is like undeniably vulgar that makes like shock work that does stuff like John Waters and it was never that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's what you're saying last week about like punching down instead of punching up. Like it feels like a very cheap shot like to turn your vulgarity towards people that are undeniably marginalized within culture and society, as opposed yeah. to like, you can make interesting critical work of, I feel like I said critical so posh then. <laughs> critical work. Critical work. Um, I feel like you can make interesting critical work without like further oppressing people. I think there's that thing, isn't it, where someone's like in a marginalized space or group like you're a woman but you still like you still have you use that as an excuse to like enact your privilege in a way and like that's a big thing especially for white women or you see it with like white gay like traditionally attractive men who are like folk conservative and stuff like they're trying to like not and accept their privilege within Mm. being in a marginalized space so they're trying to like just lash out at everyone to rather than to be like no I'm marginalized as well like I totally get it I can say what I want because like I've gone through what you've gone through but it's like completely disregarding like intersecting ways that we are suffering more than and it's not suffering more like I you know what I mean well these people like these two in question as well really take a puritanical view of womanhood and like um as they like experience motherhood or like whatever, they seem to be entrenched more in like trad views as well, which is interesting, but also something we didn't want to like cover loads of ground here about like the trad aesthetic and um like middle American white women being indoctrinated into the alt-right because we've already done some work on that on the trad wife episode. But also I feel like when I was researching, it was like much more 
evident in academic and like consumer articles that people are really looking into like how housewives or whatever get red pilled but no one is really exploring how like young women are getting red pilled and like young women are viewing lifestyles through aesthetic choices that then possibly indoctrinate them into the alt-right yeah I think it's really interesting in the like research you were doing how like these women are positing themselves in places where they're like actually still being abused by all the people around them and like being probably in a more marginalized figure than if they were in like maybe not liberal but you know like a more left-wing space Mm -hmm. um but they see like they'd rather have their privilege taken away by I think men above them than maybe be told like you're not as hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Like, you're still privileged by people who are as privileged as them. Do you know what I mean? Well, they prefer to have some power than none, I suppose, is what the choice is for them. But it was this study that's called, like, The Misogyny Paradox in the Alt-Right by Tracy Lanera for Cambridge University Press. Um, And she opens by saying, This essay offers a philosophical analysis of the misogyny women experience in the alternative right movement. I argue that this misogyny takes on a paradoxical form. The better alt-right women propagandists promote hate, the greater the hostility they experience from their fellow racists as well as their critics. The more submissive women alt-right members become, the harsher the impact of misogyny is on them. So it's basically saying that like women in the alt-right are essentially in a lose-lose situation, which is something that I think we kind of touched upon with the Doja Cat stuff, but obviously that is different because she is not white. This is like very focused on like white women's roles in the alt-right, which is a lot about like, you know, um, being racist, like fully it is. But what I found was really interesting is that usually, yeah, traditionally in like movements such as this, it's like, the woman still wouldn't have like any tangible power. Like she might be accepted within a group, but that doesn't mean she has like a say in it. Whereas what this study really talks about is like the monetization 
aspect of the internet and how alt-right women it's not just like they have power because they're making money which is something that hasn't really been available to them before so while they are experiencing this double bind of like more hostility they experience more misogyny like they have everyone attacking them from the left and from the right they are actually making bank yeah i think they've the this subsection of women have realized that they can get more power in that way and prefer power in that way by being subjugated than if they are actually fighting against it. Yeah, exactly. It kind of like depends on what your viewpoint of power is then. It's very individualised then if that's what you want to do as your way of of making yourself succeed. Like what is your definition of success? Like just you getting money or like everyone who's your peer having a better time? Well, we live in an individualist like society unfortunately so these things are also framed (laughs) as being like very rewarding do you know what I mean like it's like a lot of people are taught that money is like the greatest marker of success and power um and aren't like community-minded and very and like our politicians and everyone around us basically is like look after yourself don't worry about anyone else and that really feeds into how people get indoctrinated into this I think so yeah and I think it's so you go (laughs) sorry I'm really bad at like getting in there but I think it's really interesting with these positions how and it happens with men as well but especially with women like when they get criticized like it makes them more vindicated I think they're more like oh of course I'm being criticized like they want to shut me up they want they don't want a woman to be the voice of this because it proves that they're wrong about like how sexism works do you know what I mean well, kind of, but then there's this there's this quote in this article that said like there's money, fame, and power involved in the global alt right industry, and therein lies the misogynist rub. Um, in the next section, obviously, we're not going to read the whole thing. I use contemporary feminist philosophy to examine the paradoxical dynamics of alt-right misogyny. I argue that success in the profession of women alt-right propagandists requires the acquisition and display of what man, who is a um, philosopher, calls masculine coded goods, turning them into regular targets of misogyny. But more disquieting is that even when alt-right women play the role of like good racist girls, that is, even when they fully... I don't know what that word is, assimilate, to living by the alt-right code, the more conscious they are of and affected by the violence and abuse from alt-right men. In short, the alt-right woman's unique situation, borrowing some from Simone de Beauvoir, is a life inevitably shaped by misogyny. Um, so this is arguing, and obviously we can disagree or agree, that like the deeper you get down the rabbit hole, the more you become aware of everything the more you become aware of like the injustice but you just have to take it because like that's the hole you've dug for yourself yeah it's kind of like um in search party where the lecturer he's with that like um literally this woman and the what's his name in the show which one and they give him like a tv show to like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. elliot isn't it yeah elliot to be like liberal against her and then they're like oh we actually think it'd be better if you're like your gay guy who's like the face of this movement like will you do it and he's like no never and then they're like oh but we'll give you loads of money and you'll get loads of attention he's like "Mm, yeah go on then yeah like he loves attention more than he like cares about his morals at the end of the day yeah exactly which is exactly what the fucking red scare girls are doing (laughs) It, that is true um and then I think it's really interesting how they do it because like 
these are women that are also like by all accounts like interested in fashion and interested in clothes and interested in culture and like Dasha was in bloody succession and like they make art and they make work and they're like piecing together an aesthetic life that like is not dissimilar to many of like the girls that you would follow on Tumblr or something like that but it's dissimilar to the ones that me and you would but like lots of girls like it do you know what I'm saying yeah um I think like sorry sorry, you go. go I think like when I hear all this though like the I don't know I've lost my train of thought now (laughs) it's fine no um like and I think it really is interesting because when we talk about these aesthetics or whatever and a lot of them are ones that we've done podcast episodes on like um catholic or whatever so many others that kind of feed into this in a way and like even other ones that we've discussed on site and all of that stuff it's like people really dismiss them as being oh they're just aesthetics like silly girls with their like silly toys when really this could actually be a viable pipeline for converting people to right-wing ideology and it's just like super unexplored and we kind of dismiss it because it's like fed to us through an aesthetic pipeline yeah definitely especially when it's granted that like status in society of being like really really cool yeah, A, really cool, like, but B, like, completely unthreatening. Yeah, and it's it's being like, well, it's just like an aesthetic. Like, what, what I'm just enjoying the aesthetic. Like, what can it actually, like, mean for, like, society? I just really enjoy, like, gold crosses at the minute. Like, it's just cool at the minute. But really, and you touched on this in your episode, like, the core of those symbols is exactly what these girls who are wearing them can get so fastly indoctrinated into. Mm-hmm. Like, even with, like, the skinniness stuff, because that is, that, the aesthetic of those girls is, like, undeniably skinny, and they're so out and out about it, but even if you didn't listen to the podcast, for example, and just looked at their Instagrams, or, like, were on their Reddit, like, we did a really good piece on the website recently, which was about, like, that most of the girls that are on the Red Scare subreddit don't like Dasha and Anna, but they're there because they think they have, like, some sort of shared belief system, and they don't, those girls don't believe they're on the right either. Yeah, well, they they think they've got this shared aesthetic value and they're like, just because we we can share an aesthetic value and not share political beliefs, like, they see those as two different things. But I guess the question is, can they be? Well, context is key because, like, nothing exists in a vacuum and, like, even, even the rest, like, even the people that are pioneers of that aesthetic or whatever, which I wouldn't even say is necessarily that get references from somewhere so I suppose there is like undoubtedly some girlies walking around looking like them that have no idea <laughs> uh, yeah therefore I mean they're selling all that shit in Urban Outfitters now aren't it yeah it's true <laughs> and like I suppose it's the thing it's kind of like the opposite of punk in a way like not to be like a punk purist because whatever it was shit and had its own problems but it's like whereas that was really like anarchist and blah 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 blah, blah. left-wing like criticizing of government and royalty and then we've got to the point very many decades on that it's in H&M. We've just experienced that like on speed because that's how the internet does things now. Yeah. Like there's no way to be countercultural in the fucking current climate. But then still it's like, well, no, I mean like we've just seen the experience of like what is ostensibly like a right wing aesthetic go to the high street so quickly because it gets stripped of all meaning and context. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I, I, I don't mean, like by countercultural, I think that can include the old right as well. Yeah, that's true. But I suppose um, that has like a sheen of coolness. 
Yeah. Okay. Which... I'm Rob. I'm taking the sheen away. <laughs> yeah. It's a matte nail polish topper. Make countercultural um... uncool again. <laughs> I'm just cultural. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, I am the culture. <laughs> I think what's, what what really gets grinds my gears about it all is that a lot of it is under the guise of irony. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, we're, like, ironically, like, pretending we're anorexic and we're ironically, like, wearing a Catholic cross. And I do ironically wear a Catholic cross, so I can't say diddly shit, but <laughs> it's that thing, like, so, someone looking at you without knowing that you're being ironic we'll just see it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, this was like a massive thing around American apparel era as well. Like, oh, it's iron- they're ironically sexualizing women, so it's not bad. And it's like, well, people that see that on a billboard don't really know that that's ironic because there's no context. And I suppose exactly. that's what the internet is now. Exactly, and that's what this these kinds of podcasts are because when you were doing the research when I was well you did all the research I just read it (laughs) when you read when I read the research they were kind of being like oh we're trying to like bond with each other like across different political spheres because it should be us against the elite it shouldn't be us against each other Mm -hmm. but they are making us against each other because they're they're not they're not criticizing the the elite they're like actually endorsing it while criticizing like the normal person well exactly and uh, they're trying to like be above they're trying to make their own class for themselves really that's like this ironic class this dirtbag left like these people who are like are above wokeness and like this those feelings but they're also like taking the piss a bit out of the alt-right but they also actually agree with some of it and they're trying to like pick and choose across all these different political spheres and try and be like oh no i'm, I'm above it but yeah. really it's, it's like that russell brand thing when he was like oh just don't vote like yeah. you can't play into that system. Like just don't vote. It's like you're. Unfortunately for us all, we are actually existing in a, a political world where these choices matter. And like as much as like there's enough to say about like the left leaning politicians or like believing in leftist politics, there's hardly anything left there of what the left used to be. Mm. You still have to fucking ride for it. Otherwise, like we're fucked. Like there's you're not going to be able to break the system with a silly little podcast well, and by was- saying like fucking slurs online. <laughs> Like and either like I'm far from thinking that I'm going to be doing the same thing as well. Do you know what I mean? But I genuinely think like the more that you create ir- ironic like works about this stuff, like the more you will just be entrenched in those beliefs. Because like what Anna said about Russell Brand and like Me Too being a whatever it was, um, she believes that. Like that's not a joke to her. Like I, th- she thinks she's very smart for saying that. And what um, I was thinking when you were saying that stuff about how like they're creating and they want to create a new class, like a new media class essentially of them is the parallels between them, which is funny because they're like younger people, like most of them are millennials. Um, and like the older Gen X columnists we have in this country that like, you know, they get like, they step away from the guardian, like Hadley Freeman and like all of those women where it's like, they think they're doing the same thing with their like turf ideology. Yeah. Like rejection of the mainstream, um, a standing up for like women when really they're just like sitting from like their gilded cages, I suppose. (laughs) That's the thing though. Like as a white woman, like you are a part of the elite. I'm sorry, but you are like, and and there's this thing amongst so many different types of women where they want to be different, different white women where they want to be more marginalized than they are. Hmm. And we are. 
Yeah. And they're pissed off about it. And they're, they're trying to align themselves now with the right because they know they can get more power that way. But yeah. like like you said, like within those circles, they're the lowest of the low, but they'd rather be the lowest in that circle than the highest in the fucking... And it's not the highest anymore because everyone's recognising each other's privilege. So they think that they're the lowest in both circles. So they'd rather align themselves with the men who are going to always have the power. <laughs> And to conclude, what are your closing... Well, you've just done your closing argument. Yeah, get fucked. That's my closing argument. <laughs> I'm riled up now. Christ. <laughs> I don't think I can top that. You can say it as well as a kindness. I don't want to. Oh, go on. I, can't, I feel scared now. Oh, it's awkward now. Yeah. It was too oh, much. Bye then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your passion, Gina. You always do this to me. What? <laughs> just get me really riled up and then I have to go the rest of the day being like, oh, I just wish I'd said, oh. <laughs> That's what, it's a short podcast. You've got to leave all the girlies wanted more. Oh. Also, this is a long conversation. Like, I feel like this, yeah, this is something that should be discussed a lot more than it is, in my humble opinion. Yeah, we're, we're kind of like just allowing these people free reign because we're like, oh, they don't actually do anything or change anything because yeah. they're like known by a niche amount of people on the internet. But really, like the repercussions are so fucking rippling out, aren't they? Oh, fully. Like, they fully are. Yeah, and they're no different to the fucking middle-aged Mars who think that they deserve to be TIFFs. You're so right <laughs> with that one. Right. <laughs> I was literally, it was blowing my mind when you were saying it. I was like, whoa, whoa. Well, all the columns were like appearing before my eyes. It's like they are the same. Yeah, they're one and the same. It's these people who want to be more privileged and less privileged at the same time because they they've made this power structure in their heads about privilege. Yeah. Well, rather than allyship. True. Twice. Well, on that note, I'll say thank you, Gina. <laughs> thank you, Ioni. Thank you, Olivia, for editing this episode, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.